We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. The Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Here is some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. In what must surely be a sign of the coming of the apocalypse, or at least foretold of our robot overlords, the U.S. scientists who created the first living robots, yes, that's right, say the life forms known as xenobots can now reproduce. And they can do so in a way not seen in either plants or animals. The xenobots were first unveiled in 2020. They are formed from the stem cells of the African clawed frog, Xenopus lavis, from which it takes its name. Xenobots are less than a millimeter wide, and experiments have shown that they could move, work together in groups, and even self-heal. This just gets more terrifying the more I read. <laughs> Evidently, the key was the use of the frog stem cells. Co-author of the new research, Professor Michael Levin, said that he was astounded by it and that frogs have a way of reproducing that they normally use, but when the cells are liberated from the rest of the embryo and you give them a chance to figure out how to be in a new environment, not only do they figure out a new way to move, but they also figure out, apparently, a new way to reproduce. Why do I keep thinking about Jurassic Park? Yeah. Life finds a way. Of course, stem cells are unspecialized cells that have the ability to develop into different cell types. To make the xenobots, the researchers scraped living stem cells from frog embryos and left them to incubate. There's no gene manipulation involved in the process. The study's lead author, Professor, Professor Josh Bongard, said that most people think of robots as made of metals and ceramics, but it's not so much what a robot is made from, but what it does, which is to act on its own <laughs> on behalf of people. Yeah, right. The researchers found that the xenobots, which were initially sphere-shaped, and made from around 3,000 cells could replicate. But it happened rarely and only in specific circumstances. The xenobots used kinetic replication, a process that is known to occur at the molecular level, but has never been observed before at the scale of whole cells or organisms. Using artificial intelligence, this just gets better and better. The research tested billions of body shapes to make the xenobots more effective at this type of replication. So the supercomputer came up with a C-shape that resembled the 1980s video game Pac-Man. They found it was able to find tiny stem cells in a petri dish, gather hundreds of them inside its mouth, and a few days later, the bundle of cells became new xenobots. 
The Xenobots are very early technology for which there are yet to be any practical applications. However, according to the researchers, this combination of molecular biology and artificial intelligence could potentially be used in a variety of tasks in the body and the environment, including things like collecting microplastics in the ocean, inspecting root systems, and regenerative medicine. And while the prospect of self-replicating biotechnology could generate concern, the re researchers say that the living machines are entirely contained in a lab and easily extinguished, as they are biodegradable and regulated by ethics experts. And an interesting aside is that the research is partially funded by the federal agency that oversees the development of technology for military use. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> no cause for concern. Just keep it moving. <clears throat> A new trailer dropped this week for Peacemaker, starring John Cena. You can view the trailer on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed, and we love to be liked. Peacemaker debuts on HBO Max January 13th, 2022. Principal photography has begun on Batgirl, starring Leslie Grace. Directors Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala shared an image of a slate on Instagram earlier this week. The slate was pictured on a desk from the set with the nameplate which read Officer Barbara Gordon. The crew is in Glasgow, which is doubling for Gotham City. More news on this as it becomes available. And if you attended the NYC anime convention, you might want to get COVID tested immediately. An attendee from Minnesota tested positive for the Omicron variant of the virus. The CDC announced Thursday that this is the second identified case of the Omicron variant in the United States. Unlike the first case, the subject had not recently traveled internationally. According to the Minnesota Department of Health and the CDC, the subject attended the convention between November 19th and 21st. He developed mild symptoms on November 22nd and sought COVID-19 testing on November 24th. The subject has since recovered from the infection. The, New York, the NYC Anime Convention had an announced attendance of 53,000. Organizers say they underestimated how many fans would come early and spend every moment of the weekend in the convention center and consequently suffered with crowding challenges. While the convention required face coverings and vaccinations, the website for the show indicated only one dose of the vaccine was required and that fans would be permitted to attend immediately after having received that dose. Of course, each vaccine dose takes from several days to over a week to spur protective immune responses. And one dose alone does not provide strong protection against the Delta variant. So, today, we're talking about some of these news items as well as the return of Lost in Space for its final season on Netflix and the latest offering from Marvel Studios, Hawkeye, which debuted last week on Disney+. Plus. Joining me for this discussion are Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner and Mike Lunsford. Everybody 
Welcome to the show. Boy, that was a downer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what, what What can I tell you, fellas? Oh, my God. Okay, people, don't Google this. called Grey Goo. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's a scientific thing. It's Go to Wikipedia and Google Grey Goo. And what, enjoy gray, the... G-R-E-Y-G-O-O? Yes. Gray or, or, or G-R-A-Y. Yep. It all, oh, it all okay. works. All right. Well, 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 wait, wait. Which one is the color? Is the color G-R-E-Y or is the color G-R-A-Y? Well, G-R-E-Y is the British spelling. G-R-A-Y is how we Americans spell it. So you do you. Okay. But no, I, 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 I was asking because I can't, I can't ever really remember. It, so I'm going with the American spelling. Yes. Doggone! It's there amazing no they don't have a U in there. When you Google that, <laughs> G R U Y, and you read that <laughs> site on Wikipedia, enjoy mm -hmm. the nightmares. It's this is a real. Real Michael Crichton actually wrote about it for crying out loud. I'm gonna have to jot that down. Hey, Mike, are you with us? Uh, yes. I okay. Am. I'm All right. Currently, <laughs> currently insulating my house in aluminum foil so that the gray goo does not <laughs> any of the cracks. Glass, glass and ceramic. <laughs> Yay! Go. And EMPs. Don't forget that. Those maybe, are just difference. Maybe the Xenobots can help us. Isn't that a crazy story, I you know. guys? That's, I mean, that's living robots. I mean, on top of, I mean, no cause for alarm here at all. It's know? like it, it really, it really, you know, demands the the classic quote: "This can't go wrong at all." <laughs> the scary part that, basically, uh, when Michael Crichton basically wrote about this, it's that mm -hmm. this type of research when I'm up. And of course it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not it, based on a real story at all. It <laughs> always runs amok. I mean, and I swear, you know, if you're going to use like frog embryos, I, or so, I mean, that's, I mean, the, the instant I saw that, I'm thinking Jurassic Park. You yeah. know, I mean, you're remembering, yeah. um, you know, the, the character that Jeff Goldblum played. You know, he's like, life finds a way. And you know, they're going to do that, right? Yeah. For real. Yeah. Oh, of course. So it's like scientists just say, oh, cool. It's like they don't get the point of the story. <laughs> they just say, oh, cool. I mean, all, all, all the cautionary tales you want to throw at them, it, it does not matter. We, we live in a world, seriously, that there's a security system in China called Skynet. Mm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Skynet. I was watching the documentary thinking, you didn't get the point of the story at all, didn't you? It's like, wow. Skynet. <laughs> yeah. Cool you know. name. Let's name our company that. <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's call something Colossus. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Forbin Project. You know, we're gonna have to have uh, some of the younger members of the audience uh, look that up. Skynet versus Colossus. Who wins? <laughs> the viewer. <laughs> Skynet will win. Yeah. Well, but you remember in uh, Forbin Project, there was also what was it? Guardian. Yeah. It was the Russian one? Yeah. yeah you know, it's but like they, so, but they you know. merged and became exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, yeah. because the American one was tougher. And, so and, it's and like, if you remember back a few years ago, they had two supercomputers talking and they had to turn them off because their language skills were evolving beyond the programmer's ability to follow them. We thought we turned them off. We, as far as we know, nothing's, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. The whole plot of the show Person of Interest is exactly that. It's a war between two AIs. Wait, wait. Person, are you talking about the one with Jim Caviezel? Yeah, it's about yeah. a war between two AIs. Really? Yeah. One that I had no idea. That show's been on for a long time. Yeah. It was, it was off, it's been off for a long time. Oh. But it was very clever. Wow. It's basically <laughs> one AI uh, mm. called Samaritan that basically liked mankind mm -hmm. because it was raised by mankind slowly, taught to think. 
And cool. another one called, uh, I don't remember the name, that was created by the NSA, who was just given knowledge and became a sociopath. Mm. And the cool thing about this show is that these two AIs are at war with each other because one of them sees us as pets, I kid you freaking not. And the other one says, uh, nah, they're just pawns. I can use them to my advantage. Mm. It's really disturbing. Mm, mm, mm. Jim Caviezel gets some pretty good parts. I remember I a few years back he was in that reboot of the old Patrick McGowan series, The Prisoner, which mm. I did not care as much for that particular reboot. I mean, it was clever. But uh, it, it it wasn't it wasn't the real prisoner. But. Well, it was him and Ian McKellen, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. 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 yes it was. Yeah. As two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 that also because one of the elements that I always loved about the original prisoner is how there was a new number two every week yeah. because McGowan thwarted the the first guy or the last guy or whoever and. They had to get a new one, yeah. you know. And but this time, Ian McKellen is great. Yeah. But nah, you have him for the pilot, and then you keep bringing in a new one. I mean, it was, and there yeah. were kids in the village, and I'm like, what are kids doing no. in the village? No. This this makes no sense. Well, I mean, no, I'd, no. I'd I'd love to reboot the the prisoner, but it requires an awful lot of rethinking because it was yes. so deeply sunken in Cold War tropes and us versus them mm-hmm. and well I'd, love, I'd love to reboot it because I'd like to star in it <laughs> you know it's like yeah hey. like you know this uh, this you know CIA guy in fact shoot I'd love to reboot the the Flint movies Derek Flint, and, and again Our I'd like Flint? to star in them yeah man Flint's a cool the ass brother kicking people's dolphins? ass those were, those were the good the guy who could talk to dolphins the guy who could stop his own freaking heart <laughs> You know, I mean, which was bad as all get out until James Bond actually did it in another movie, I like have 30 a years of later. Trivia about that movie. There's a scene in that movie. Wait, wait, which one? In Light uh, Flint or Our Man Flint? I think in, in Light Flint, where he is sitting on, he's laying down, and there's two chairs, and he's laying down with his head and his feet on the chairs mm-hmm. and nothing on his back. Yeah. They did that because that's something James Coburn could do in real life. Yeah, he was a student of Bruce Lee, apparently. In it real shows life. Yeah. he was in fantastic mm-hmm. shape. So he, yeah. they so wow, you can do actually do that for real. Okay, mm-hmm. and they yeah. are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I want to pivot back though to this. I mean, because I think the well, gray we, goo. Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not touching the gray goo thing. No. <laughs> All hell are new robot overlords. I think I think I, we've said about as much about that as I want to. Also, <laughs> I don't want to irritate our robot overlords unnecessarily yeah. for when they take Orally over. Electronic record right. of what we said. <laughs> we remember you, Campbell. <laughs> no, uh, but this. Um, this anime convention, NYC anime yeah. thing, you know, because I was terribly dismayed when I heard about the Omicron variant being confirmed at this con. And apparently now there there have been five confirmed cases in the U.S., but, yeah. uh, you know, the fact it's, that... Uh, mm, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike? Like, um, our, from GGR, uh, MC Brooks's... Uh, was there? Oh, he went to he that. Yeah, he tell Brooks to get tested. Yeah, no, I mean, like he's he's fully vaccinated. Uh, he's had his booster. The guy um, who got it is fully vaccinated. Jeez, Louise. Um, yes, <laughs> that's what he was saying too. Is like he was like, if you listen, I'm, I swear to God, this is not a shameless plug. Um, he has an episode of his show, The Overflow, that's going to be talking about that because he talks about things that he witnessed and saw that were of concern. Where you're just kind of like, that's not the best look. And now that this has come out that 
the guy had it, it's it's just even worse. There were like, people vomiting blood in the hallways. I saw that. He was, he I was hope saying you're that, joking. Like, <laughs> yes. he, he was saying that like just like the checkpoints and stuff like that were yeah. not that secure. It was things Chuck like that. Like, they just did not do a very good job of security. And uh, you were supposed to get tested. And basically, they just got to a point where like people were like rushing the checkpoints wow. and they were just kind of like letting them in anyways mm. and it just it's not a good look for them in retrospect yeah well the interesting thing to me with that is uh, the same outfit that puts on that show is the one that does AwesomeCon here in DC. Wow. And I've got to wonder if the because AwesomeCon was very good in terms of overall adherence to COVID protocols. And I've got to wonder if some of that wasn't the venue, if maybe the Javits Center just was not as up to speed on all of that Agreed. as the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington DC. Well, the Baltimore Comic Con that I got, went to, uh, the COVID protocols they followed there were hardcore. Mm -hmm. You you had to show that you were vaccinated. They had on the spot testing. If you mm. wanted to get in, and you basically you know could not provide, they would make you sit your ass down and wait outside until the test result came in. Mm. So they were very strict about it. There were lines of people trying to get in that were very long. Mm. One would have expected in New York, especially as uh, bad as New York City in particular got it, that they would have been uh, a lot more workmanlike about how they dealt with that. Just one moment. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz and Mike Lunsford. And uh, we've just sort of been enjoying our, well, uh, kind of <laughs> enjoying ourselves and uh, having our knees knock uh, behind some of the recent stories that came out this week, particularly things like living robots that can reproduce <laughs> in mm. some way other than plants and animals. And uh, the uh, Omicron variant <laughs> you know at uh, NYC Anime Convention. Be the yeah. trivia. Do you mm -hmm. know why they call it Omicron? Because the other letters after Delta mm -hmm. were new, and you cannot use that because it sounds silly, like new virus, and Chi as XI. Oh, yeah. As mm -hmm. in the, this, the Chi variant. And I'm pretty sure China would love it if they have to name a variant of the virus after their leader. So hmm. they went with the also fun term with name of Omicron. Yeah. That well, doesn't sound scary at all. The Omicron variant. Well, it, it, it actually sounds like an episode of the original Star Trek series, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> at, to the point where I saw somebody had created a title card using <laughs> the original lettering yeah. you know from season one and it's like the enterprise in orbit and like the omicron variant i'm like wow yep. i said that really does seem like that could be you know an yeah. episode and uh, terrible when it went on forever you know? <laughs> <laughs> well it's just that it leads to like 26 more variants <laughs> <laughs> well and it just further reinforces my feeling that uh, we are never going to be done with this thing. Uh, for the for the and hey, hate to try and cheer everybody up on what's uh, otherwise a Enjoy nice weekend during the holiday people. season. Yay. Yeah, but <laughs> good uh, night, everybody. For, for the <laughs> remainder of my natural life on this planet, I believe that we are going to be dealing with this at least partly because of 
the ineptitude and inaction of some of our political leaders, particularly at the state level. And, and Honestly, yes. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. but No, like, you're I, not interrupting, I, you're adding. <laughs> I 100% agree with the ineptitude of the government, but yes. honestly, I think the bigger issue is people. Yes. And I think the bigger issue is the just absolute, uh, the only word I can think of that really fits is just like this, this absolute stubbornness to believe anybody of authority, anybody of education. Because for whatever reason, uh, it's not. I don't know what it's like in other countries because I, I just it, haven't it's, been following it's equally it as much bad. here. It's equally but as in bad. America, like there is this like this backlash against anybody that is an expert, that yeah. anybody is an intellectual, and they automatically assume that that person is talking down to them. Oh, mm? you think you're better yeah. than me because you have your education? When it comes to COVID information, yes, I am better than you because I know about this. I've researched this. I know this more than you do, Mister. I've watched YouTube videos and listened to Fox News. Like it has gotten that bad, and we're that brainwashed to think that anybody of authority is wrong and bad because that's what the like right wing media has taught everybody. You can't trust anybody if they're not telling you exactly what you want to hear, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and the thing is that it it, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be so bad if that tendency had not been seized on and exaggerated yes. and amplified exactly. and yeah. and pumped up by decades of you know political propaganda yeah. and misinformation and deliberate distortion of the truth in order to get certain political results you guys want to feel a well, little bit better uh, well wait wait before you say that I, I just want to add something to what you were saying drew because it it, it yes over decades yes but it particularly in the short term, what we have seen in terms of some, uh, I hate to say right-leaning, but I'm going to have to call a spade a spade, so to speak here, right-leaning uh, state governors uh, who, uh, in the most shameless way of being political opportunists, have seized on this to promote a particular agenda, and to the point where even the employing the most rudimentary safety measures is being resisted and if you believe that the government has an affirmative responsibility to protect the health and welfare of its citizens then wearing masks uh, mandating that people get vaccines that our health officials have determined to be safe uh, you know it, it, that should be a given, you know. But I was I was a little shocked to discover that apparently this whole anti-vaxxer sentiment is one that has been long running. I mean, even From to the, the introduction the right, of smallpox and polio vaccines decades ago. And yeah. it comes mm -hmm. from the left and the right. The anti-vax sentiment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear it. it's, it's just that it's being more heavily promoted by the right. But you got yeah. people all across the political spectrum oh, who yeah. are embracing these outlandish. Yes, I'll say it again: outlandish conspiracy well, theories uh, about all, all this. Mm? And almost all of the anti-vax sentiment is based in nonsense. There but, is no proof at all. Like the whole like mercury thing. That that one drives me up the wall. Like you would you put mercury in your body? No, I wouldn't. But what you're talking about is two different types of mercury that are used for these things and you don't know what you're talking about. But so well, literally yeah. are just running your mouth because you heard one person say something. Exactly. Well, but, and but at least some of that is based in reality. I mean, the stuff where people are talking about, "Oh, it'll sterilize you. It's putting chips in your body." <laughs> all this I mean, this is Fantasy. I mean, 
I did get my booster, and my Wi-Fi has been way better since then. So. <laughs> if, if you guys You're not feel helping. A little bit better. I, I follow international news a lot, and I can tell you specifically that in Europe, basically, is the reaction to what's happening with COVID is based on the country. Holland, the, the Netherlands, right now, they're basically at war with itself, where the people basically. There's some people who basically are sick and tired of the uh, lockdowns, and they're setting, they're having huge riots over this in a huge way. Yeah, yeah. But here's a weird thing: the countries that you wouldn't think are taking this seriously, they are. Uh, South Africa. The reason South Africa basically was able to isolate the virus is because they have some of the best virological virologist research on planet Earth, hmm. and they were able to track track it down. Mm-hmm. Italy, for the love of God, Italy, who are world famous for being, you know, Italy, are being super hardcore on how they're monitoring the virus. They're requesting uh, passports for everything. You want to go to a museum, you have to show the QR code saying that you have been vaccinated and they'll let you in. If not, you're not allowed to eat in a restaurant, you're not allowed to take public transportation, you're not allowed to go to the movies, and they're being hardcore about it. Well, it isn't as if Italy, and I'm not helping here now either, (laughs) but it isn't as if Italy has no history with fascist or totalitarian governments. Well, that's a weird thing, that they realize, oh, this sounds like nuts, and they basically were, no, we're going to basically take this seriously. Puerto Rico, my homeland. There was a plane, for the love of God, coming from South Africa that was doing a layover. The government of Puerto Rico stopped the plane, told the people, the crew, yes, you can get new people, but nobody of the plane of the crew can get out at mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. they, everybody who gets out of this plane has to be tested to and isolated. They're mm-hmm. hardcore in yeah. Puerto Rico. Well, this stuff, this stuff kills people, and, and as it, it has been pointed out to me before... Uh, fans of comics and science fiction should be particularly yeah. uh, uh, sensitive to all this. Because I realize, all right, if you're tuning in and you're listening to this show, you're like, wait a minute, it's a show about comic books and science fiction. Why are they talking about this? But, you know, the fa- I mean, the fact that at this NYC anime convention, yeah. you know, there was somebody who tested positive and there were questionable policies in place as far as the safety of the attendees. That kind of gave us the, the opening. But I'm reminded that... This this storyline yes. is one that is extremely common in comics and science fiction. It's that, there all the time. Plays yes. are a big a big story. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it it it's not as far out as as it might seem for us to be talking about this. But um, I, I yeah yeah. I mean, but I I I don't want to beat the dead horse because there there is. There are some other things that I want to talk about. Uh, Notably, the return of Lost in Space for season three. And been watching Arcane, sorry, and loving every second of it. So sorry, that caught my whole attention with Netflix. You know, one of the things that I love about you, Roberto, is how (laughs) you're going to go your own way. You know, it's like yes, Lost in Space. You know, I really like Arcane. (laughs) But hey, but Arcane is it's like the hottest thing since sliced bread apparently and you know what again like i guess right up there with the wheel of time you know one of the number one stream well i i mean in the sense that it is being streamed by more people than most shows yes 
because there's a lot of nuts out there who are obsessed with League of Legends and you're a normal person so you probably wouldn't realize how huge oh I don't even know what I and, and it's funny because I was talking about this last week because it was a news item that Arcane had been renewed for a season two Wait, good I don't even know what League of Legends is I'll be honest with you I'm consider like, yourself lucky yes. and go home kiss your wife and be consider yourself a normal person. Hey, we're, we're, we're good. Lost in Space. Yes. <laughs> Back for season three. So, Mike, you're a big fan of Lost in Space. I am. And I never was... Uh-oh. Mike? Mike? Oh. Oh, Mike. Don't tell me we lost Mike. Miguel? I was, Mike. I was, I was hoping <laughs> that he was just gathering his thoughts there for a moment. Uh... Well, that's unfortunate. Okay. Well, all right. So, uh, but I, I will say that Lost in Space, and it's funny because Irwin Allen actually gets um, gets a credit in the uh, in, in in the credits. He created the characters. Yeah, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. I mean, so even though this is a a rebooted version of Lost in Space, but I and I'm a fan of the original. I mean, I was I watched. <laughs> of course, all three seasons. And I'm reading a book right now uh, by Mark Cushman, uh, which is about the production of the original Lost in Space. Very fascinating book. It's two volumes. I'm, I'm, in, almost, I'm about three quarters of the way through the, um, the, the first volume. Was well, Senior Island supposed to be really cheap? I'm sorry. He had a what? reputation of basically just investing a lot on the pilot. And then everything else making a really cheap. Yes. Well, Lost in Space was one of the most expensive shows on television at the time. I mean, yeah, they spent they spent a ton of money on the pilot, but they were able to then use the pilot episode for the first six shows. I mean, they they sort of chopped it up, and because the pilot was really, really, uh, it, well, not only was it extremely well done, a lot of effect stuff in black it. and white. <laughs> yes, in black, yes. in turtle, in black and white. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, yeah, but but that's not yeah, have been mm -hmm. a problem when they transition to color and they have all this work they done before that was completely unusable because it was done in black and white. So it makes you wonder how they did the transition. That uh, towards the end of the run of Lost in Space, was it the last two or three seasons that were in color? Oh, the last, the last well, yeah, it was only on for three seasons. And in yeah. fact, in a, the, the reasons behind why this show was canceled in the first place apparently are kind of murky. So, um, you know, they're... Really? What? Yeah, well, oh, uh, wow. uh, as, think... as, <laughs> as the story goes... As fate would have it. Who did he, make, who did he yeah. piss off? <laughs> well, no, 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 it, it, it wasn't even that. I mean, as the story goes... Uh, apparently, it was the fact that Irwin Allen had another show that he wanted to do, uh, which was Land of the Giants. And uh, apparently... You serious? He, yeah, yeah. And um, also, he, he, he had been doing Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea at the same time. And, um, well, actually, I, I might be confusing this because Land of the Giants came on ABC. And I think that may be the reason that they canceled Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea because... It was like, hey, we've done four seasons of this, but you know, I got this other thing I want to do now. And ABC is like, okay, that's fine, hmm. you know. But um, and, and it's funny because Irwin Allen apparently, when Star Trek was canceled at the end of the second season, 
NBC wanted to replace it with an Irwin Allen show because huh. Irwin Allen was like the hottest thing going at the time because both Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and Lost in Space had been going. Was that the bottom of the sea, the, the pilot that he was trying to sell to them? No, that was in the early 70s. That was like another thing. But hey, look, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, and among other things, that means that we're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at arlingtonmedia.org. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media, community radio today. Do this before the end of the year, and you'll be able to deduct it from your taxes. So we've got more to talk about in terms of both the new Hawkeye series and season three of Lost in Space on Netflix. Please stay with us because Mike and Roberto and Drew and I are going to be back right after this. Don't go away. We're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford and Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about Lost in Space. Actually, the original Lost in Space, which was created by Irwin Allen, first started airing on CBS TV way back in 1965. And a heck of a show it was, let me tell you. Because uh, the fact that they were even able to get this thing on the air is somewhat amazing. Um, it, it aired from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. It was a family hour show, and CBS had a lot of restrictions about what you could and could not do. In fact, even Guy Williams and June Lockhart, two of the stars of the show, played John and Maureen Robinson, a married couple with three kids. Apparently, CBS was like, no, you can't show them kissing. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. You know? And yeah, and there was going to be a lot more romance between Judy and Don, uh, Marta Kristen, and um, crap. I can't think of the actor who played Don now, and it's shameful. But uh, anyway, yeah, but you couldn't do that either. You know, they're like, oh, because they had all sorts of stuff they wanted to do with that. You couldn't sh have the kids see the parents in danger, and in fact, Dr. Smith, uh, played by Jonathan Harris, uh, and Mark Goddard is the actor who played, uh, it just came to me, anyway, but yeah, so Jonathan Harris, who played uh, Dr. Smith, they almost killed him off, because he was so sinister and threatening, and I mean, think about it, <laughs> yeah. the, the family hour on CBS, he tried to destroy the ship, kill the kids, got this guy trying to kill kids at 730 
p.m. So how on, did uh, they make television. the transition from sinister to buffoonery? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's because, one way because, of Jonathan, because Jonathan Harris wanted to save his job. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he recast himself in a completely <laughs> different light. Said, "No, let me just yep. do this, and that way I can survive." And he wanted to save his job. Yeah, and he and he did, yeah. <laughs> and and became an icon perhaps icon. one. I was going to say not only that, but one of the most, perhaps the most endearing character on that show. I could never understand why they didn't just put him off the ship. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I was like, this guy is nothing but a drain on you all. He's always mm -hmm. doing something negative, or I mean, it's he. Oh, he's going to use our water supply in a drought to take a shower. <laughs> you know, he's and, trying to and, enrich himself somehow. Or, yeah. You know, it's like, He'll sell to aliens. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, turn the whole spaceship into a hotel if he needs to. I mean, it's just yeah, really. it was crazy the stuff they got away with. But the the new show, and there have been a couple of attempts at rebooting Lost in Space yes. before this. I mean, you know, notably uh, a movie mm -hmm. with William Hurt. Uh, and uh, and what's his face? The guy from Friends. Yes, you know, uh, Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Yes, Matt LeBlanc. You know? and um. Gosh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Played Smith, um, Gary Oldman. Oh yes, yes exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, and I personally, I really liked that movie. <laughs> I, thought, I mean, hated the design for the Jupiter, but you know, wait, outside wait, wait. of that, you, you were okay with the third act of that movie that made absolutely no sense at all. Well, they were trying to get all of the original cast members who had still been living into the show. And so the idea was, you know, when they did that, oh, we're going to the future and all this, that uh, Bill Moomy, who played Will, was going to be adult Will. So what yeah, happened? But he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said no. He looked at the script and said, I'm not going to do that. Exactly, wow. exactly. But yeah. you did have Angela Cartwright and, um, or is Mark, it Veronica Mark. Cartwright? Uh, One of the Cartwrights, I mean, and I... Yeah, Veronica, I, Veronica Cartwright. Okay, Mark Veronica, yeah, thank you. Veronica, and, Angela Cartwright is her sister. Yeah, June Veronica, Lockhart. Yeah, yeah, well... June Lockhart was there. Yes, exactly, and uh, Marta Kristen. Yeah. Huh. yeah. You just said, oh, and... Yeah. Um, Mark uh, Goddard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He was in it too. Yeah. So, and they were, they were like, oh, and they, of course, you had the voice of... Uh, the robot, the, yes. Bob May. Well, Bob May Bob is the was one the, sorry, who was played, the body, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tufel, Dick yeah, Tufel, Dick Tufel, right? Yeah, who did the yeah. voice? I believe you know? Stan Winston Studios were the ones responsible for making the robot on that one. But and, and, the, and really the funny great. thing is, I liked I liked what they did with the robot in that movie because I liked that it was originally this very efficient and useful design, and then it's this kind of junky, you yeah, know, because they had not to put it back useful. together, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, all kind of pieces them back together out of junk <laughs> parts and stuff, and that's yeah. the more the more classic look for the robot, except for mm -hmm. the lower the lower part's a little different, but the upper part is pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, with so. the bubble and all that. Yeah, no, so. no, exactly. And I thought I really enjoyed Gary Oldman's performance in that too. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, you know? he was basically. But I mean, the the, the situation they confront at the end is completely ridiculous. Oh, totally. Yes, yeah. thank you. We have to go through the planet. <laughs> Oh, we'll use the planet's gravity and, and like, time what? travel and everything. Oh, yeah. oh my! No Lord. more, no more ridiculous than the original show itself. Which, uh, unlike Star Trek, where they had a science advisor, they were Erwin uh, Allen was not concerned about the scientific <laughs> accuracy of that show and at the space all. Space hippies, come on! If I can, if I can, oh, they have space hippies like on it. Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, there was also one that did not get shown, but you can find it on YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was in that, uh, but um, very entertaining 
thing. Yes, yes, that was done. Uh, John Woo basically did a pilot for Lost in Space mm -hmm. and Bit of Trivia. There's a connection between that and Battlestar Galactica. They filmed hmm. that pilot in Vancouver. The pilot didn't get picked up. It was supposed to be shown on Fox. And what happened was that the production of Battlestar Galactica basically were told, you know, we have all these standing sets. We are not going to use them. Okay, wait, you're talking about the new Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Ah, okay. And what happened mm -hmm. was that, remember all of the sudden when they had uh, the new ship, the Pegasus showed up, and they had all this added production value that they had all these brand new sets? Mm. Those were the original sets for Lost in Space hmm. that were, got canceled by Fox. Mm -hmm. oh. So, yeah. That happened. Weird. Well, yeah, that didn't get picked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't well, even yeah. didn't even get to getting canceled. But yeah, so Mike, you were because <laughs> we lost you there for a second. You were getting ready to say oh, about lost, lost in space. In space. <laughs> he was, oh! Oh! He's quick, I, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said that so he can do that joke. So it's okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You checked my card. That's fine. <laughs> 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 um, I okay so. The original Lost in Space, I grew up watching the reruns. Um, it was one of those shows that was never, like, my favorite. It was just a show that I watched. It was, like, you had to watch it. It was, like, Gilligan's Island. Like, it, it was just one of those shows that's, like, ingrained in our cultural DNA. And, like, first off, I love Dr. Smith just because, like, he's so over the top and ridiculous. And, like, like you said, why did they not just jettison, jettison him out into space? Like, out of an airlock, get rid of him. No, because that's not the right thing to do. And, like, it was just, overall, I absolutely loved the series. And I didn't start the new series until Pandemic. Oh, and, like, wow. I remember being at Awesome Con, and I remember, God, what was this, 2017, maybe? When, maybe 2018, when they were pitching it hard. They were like, hey, this just dropped on Netflix. And I think all the stars were at Awesome Con, if I remember correctly. Does really? Sound right wow. to you guys? Yeah, I think they actually showed an episode there, too. They wow. did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Where was yeah, I? And, like... <laughs> I kept saying to myself, ah, I'll get to it later, I'll watch it. And I never got around to it. And watching this during pandemic, I really, really enjoyed this show. I, I fell in love with it. I, I really love the characters. I love I jokingly call it, um, I have to censor myself for this, but like the Michael Jordan joke, F them kids. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, I call this F them kids in space because every single time there's a problem, they're just like, hmm, we need someone tiny to go fix this propulsion system. Hey, Will, you're tiny. Come fix this thing. It's like, <laughs> really? Like, every time they're sending these children into danger, it's just rid absolutely ridiculous. But, like, it's such a good show. I, I enjoy the heck out of it. I love that Piper Posey, or Parker Posey, Parker, Parker Posey as yes. Dr. Smith is out. She's really good. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoy the dynamic between... Uh, the Robinson parents, like I like that they were basically on their way yeah, to Toby getting a divorce. Stevens and uh, and what's her face from? Uh, I, I I was because yeah. she was in um, House of Cards, and I really yeah. liked her in that. Hmm. Yeah, they they hmm. I've just I've really really enjoyed this series. Um, I haven't started uh, the third season yet, but like it's on my list, and I'll probably watch some of it tonight before I have to go to work tomorrow. But um, I, I love that the the visuals are just incredible. Hmm. Like I'm. Just, it is captivating to watch it's beautiful like wherever they're filming like it just it looks similar enough that you're like all right this is believable that people could live here but also too alien enough that you're just like wow this is definitely a different planet and then like in the second season there's that one planet where it basically um it's like in uh-oh uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> i don't believe this is happening again <laughs> 
All right. Well, well, we will we will absolutely come back to Mike. Um, but no, I I I, I absolutely uh, share everything that he is saying and uh, want to want to kind of add to that because I you know, as somebody who enjoyed the original Lost in Space, I didn't know how I was going to feel about this show. And I started watching it again just because I'm somebody who likes Lost in Space regardless and I was really drawn in by what they were doing and some of the family drama and because the the essential concept of Irwin Allen I think is sound in that yeah. you've got this family you want to put him in space and particularly back when the show came on originally because you know this was 1965 <laughs> and it was the height of the Mercury program and this was, I mean, space was on everybody's mind. Well, this was Swiss basically. Family Robinson in space. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and so it, so it takes a kind of a children's classic and puts it in a different genre and everything, and mm -hmm. you know, so and then it worked out really well. And just like Star Trek was wagon trained to the stars. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and but they that was more because they had to sell it like that to the networks. The network didn't understand it. I mean, literally, Swiss Family Robinson in space. I mean, that's that's exactly what this is. And that's something else that I like about this new series, because it's not just them. I mean, when you found out that the rest of the people on the Resolute, you know, which was the colony ship, were still around, and I'm like, oh, I mean, they did have a little bit of, oh, it's just us, and we're lost, but now we found these people again, and it's like all of us. And I'm like, oh, this is, I kind of like it that it's not just them. Yeah. I mean, that was, idea. yeah, I mean, because the idea that, this one family is going to be able to survive out there with no resources and no help. That was a little questionable, you know. You know the whole Additionally, thing about, too, they add a real interesting wrinkle to it as well, where the propulsion system for the Resolute is basically yes. slave labor. <laughs> oh, yes, <my. laughs> that, that, that that was very interesting, yeah. and that that's still playing out. Everything. Yeah, that yeah. Changes well, everything. Well, and and particularly from the standpoint that. We didn't have the technology to be able to do this on our own. We had to kind of steal it and slave it, you know? Choker. Yeah, well, mm. it, uh, it seems completely plausible and reasonable to me. And something we would do, uh, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. But by the way, Star Trek, I always have a problem calling it Wagon Grain to the Stars because I always felt that it's more like it, Horatio Hornblower It was in just space. the way they it, sold it to the network. Exactly. The, the only reason yeah. is that because that's because westerns were a dominant uh, genre at the time and if you can tag it to something that they like that they're yeah. familiar and with, understood they know popular you, you know they there get you it mm -hmm. you know that's why you have to make it that's why you have to make an elevator pitch keyed to what they understand indeed uh, indeed hey yeah. you're listening to fantastic forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM we are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz and Mike Lunsford. We've been talking a little bit about the return of Season 3 of Lost in Space on Netflix. All episodes available as of December 1st. If it's your kind, and this is the last season of it, you might want to check it out and see if you like it. The other show that uh, just dropped recently is Hawkeye yes, on very good. Disney Plus. Yeah, and a lot of people are really, really liking Hawkeye. So, um, yeah. yeah, this, uh, what is it, David Aja 
Uh, is he the guy who did the Hawkeye series for Marvel Comics that is being borrowed uh, so heavily from? I don't uh, no. Um, Fraction. Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction is the Matt writer. Fraction. David Hodges yeah. the. Oh, he's the artist. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's. I guess because of the visuals, that's the name that I've heard uh, mentioned a lot. But uh, yeah, now I I didn't read that particular series. Uh, I'm I'm looking for somebody. I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> I, bought, I bought the collection like last week. So. Oh, okay. Oh, so you hadn't read it either. Yeah. Oh, I've been, I've been reading. I've been reading it since. To get oh, yeah. Up, so. mm-hmm. well, no, but seriously, bro, do you like it? Bro. Okay. Yeah, Wait. bro. <laughs> uh, what? Do, do, do you like the the, the the comic or the <laughs> the show? Show. Yes. Both. Both. Bro. Okay. Bro. Exactly, bro. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> Bro. Okay. No, I I didn't he understand. There's, there's, there's we a, are failing at that. There, there's a group called the Tracksuit Mafia in the oh, show. Oh yes. And they use the words "bro" a lot. Ah. <laughs> it's a joke. Bro is, ah. bro is in every sentence they utter. So, ah. Yeah. So it's like, bro, you good, bro? <laughs> I, I had wondered because I saw on social media yes. you said something about that, and I didn't understand the reference then. <laughs> but you realize that the show is emulating the formula of Home Alone. On purpose, basically, you stop to think about it. In what like, sense? You have a bunch of burglars who basically are very incompetent, and the hero is basically trying to with these dumb burglars, and he has adventures with the burglars that mostly nobody gets killed. Hmm. If you stop to think about it, yeah. I've only watched the first two episodes. I, I there, I tell you what, they're not going to get me like they got me for these other Disney shows. I am not getting up at 3 in the morning on freaking Wednesday to watch this thing. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to... I bet, if I, I bet if I texted you at 3.02 a.m., you would be there. <laughs> they're, they're no. about to I, I haven't watched episode three. I'm saving that for this coming Tuesday night. <laughs> There's a rumor. And I'll watch that, and then I'll wait another week. It's for, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to have uh, one uh, uh, to be able to watch, so mean, I can watch I, it on I my time. I won't spoil it. One in the chamber. But there's a rumor <laughs> that there's a major revelation coming big time. On the next episode that, that you should watch. That's it. the only thing. The whole reason that I would get up at three in the morning to, to watch spoilers. these other shows. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you've got to either watch it or you've got to avoid social media for the next week. You have to yeah. because they're about pretty to drop much, a huge bomb. Much. And it, what I like is the fact that they're saying indirectly, hey, Netflix, this is how we will have done your shows. See how... Slick it looks. Well, uh, they spent a lot more money, it, and Netflix didn't. What they they didn't skimp on any of those shows, no. but they are spending way more. I mean, each one yes. of these shows is like a little. I mean, <laughs> each episode of the show is like a little movie. Yes, yes. They're spending. They're spending big money on all of these things, yes. and, I, mm-hmm. and I think that and it think, shows. And I think that partly it's that Disney is placing its trust that the future of this franchise is streaming. And they're right. Not not in the movies. It's streaming. They have mm-hmm. a point because yeah. it, it comic books lends itself for serial. They're serial yeah, serialized story, story. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and subplots and yes. ongoing stories that develop over the course of a exactly. season. Exactly. Well, like think of think of X Men for instance, right? Thank they, you. They've done a couple of really good X Men movie. Okay, X Men movies. But if they made X Men an actual like Disney Plus series, yes. it would be phenomenal. Yes, because you have more time to try to do that, and you wouldn't run into the same problem that they run into where it's like, oh, we got to squeeze in Dark Phoenix like right now, <laughs> which is which is probably yeah. why they're doing X Men '97. Yeah, exactly. Like they're finally doing it. Thank God. Yeah, 
But I mean, they're doing a lot of animation. They're doing a lot of other shows. I mean, they they've announced more shows than they can possibly release at their current pace in the next five years. They have to because they're, they're competing directly with Netflix, and Netflix they are. Is, but is but the thing is, we're going to we're going to see we're going to see the Disney Plus. I bet you in the next year ramp up the number of shows they release I, till we get two running at a time or even three running at a time. Yes. Mm. Oh yes. They and will they will have to because they've got so much stuff stuff that's already been finished. Hmm. She-Hulk has been finished for a while now, you know. Well, but once they finish the principal photography, I mean, that that's when they got to get into have, all of effects the effects. Exactly. But, yeah. but they finished photography that, on She-Hulk last year. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, last year is yes. in 2020? Yeah. Yes. Get out. I it, had no and idea. And Ms. Marvel, too, has been on... It's, it's been, it's been on, in, in the can for a long time now. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think it was late 2020, but it may, might have been early 2021. Hey, but it is December now. So the whole 2021 is practically over. Part yeah. of what delayed the uh, release of the shows in part was because the silly thing called the pandemic. I don't know if you heard well, of it. Well, that delayed the shooting of it. It delayed but once, the shooting. Yeah, but it once you shooting, got the thing shot, post-production is going to proceed normally. May I remind you that a lot of the movies that were supposed... Remember how Marvel works, that the movies are in, directly connected to the content that they have online, uh, they have doing on TV. Yeah, they and got all those released though. Yeah, yeah, but they had to change content accordingly because the release dates for Black and they, Widow, had, and they had to like trigger yeah. the schedule and everything. Sure. Yeah, I mean, which they did. Yes, yeah. they you know, did. I mean, and and that's how that's how you get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when you get it, as opposed to before WandaVision. Exactly. You know. Yeah. But mm -hmm. do you feel that it's kind of? feels like it's true that Marvel should be concentrating more on TV instead of movies now? Uh, I feel that way. I mean, they've, they've got so much stuff, and, and Disney Plus is such a great platform for them. I mean, it's, it makes sense to continue to use it and use it heavily. But, you know, the, que the question is, Marvel will probably have to answer the question before DC does, how much is too much? Uh, and, and we don't know. Oh, actually, they have a bigger problem because their their biggest hitters have been benched. If you stop to think about it. Iron Man, uh, Iron Man has been benched. Captain America has been recast. Fair enough, uh, but a lot well, of the not really a lot of their a lot of their a lot of their A listers are have, have cycled through. Yes. but they have a they have a very deep well of characters and a lot that haven't even been been brought out yet. But there's going to be a lot of pressure from Kevin to Kevin Feige to reuse. Uh, to bring back Steve Rogers, yes. bring back Tony Stark. You see, there, there's a lot. You know, and, and maybe that will happen now that they're doing the universe multiverse stuff. You know, who knows? But I don't see that yet. We got to see how all that plays out. Yeah. I mean, my hope. I mean, and and there was, and depending on how you look at it, I mean, it it might have been big news. But uh, Nate Moore was saying that um, you know he and uh, uh, crap, and I can't think of um, the director of Black Panther, but. Um, they were saying that they're never going to recast. Uh, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, thank you. We're saying that they were never going to recast that role. Wow. And it was on some prominent uh, podcast. But I got to believe that that was. that they don't really mean that. I mean, because how are you. I mean, I understand uh, mourning Chadwick Boseman, but ultimately. The Black Panther, Iron Man, Captain America. I mean, these are big characters in the Marvel Universe, and you need them. You know, I mean, I don't care whether Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans have become associated with some of these roles. I mean, you look at 
all the people who played Superman, all the people who played Batman, James Bond, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is natural that you're going to have to get through all that. Nobody so, nobody mm-hmm. is truly irreplaceable. The mm-hmm. only question oh, is yeah. how do you handle it? And exactly. I, and, and frankly, I I don't believe Chadwick Boseman would have wanted T'Challa to be buried along with no, him. No, certainly not. You know, but again, it's how you handle it. And are you handling it in such a way that the fans are going to respond? And I think that's what they're doing. Anyway, look, uh, we could go on talking about this, and we probably will, but <laughs> it just won't be on the air because we're out of time for this episode. Fantastic Forum After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should be like, yeah, tune to our uh, YouTube channel. But look, thanks to my panelists and you two for tuning in course fantastic forum is also a television show visit the website at fantasticforum.tv or check your local listings find out where you can watch it in your area show is also available as a podcast thanks to our friends at the great geek refuge check it out wherever your favorite podcasts are available show re-airs each and every thursday right here on wera from three to four and we're here every saturday afternoon from four to five Come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people.